Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at DaveDamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on Stitcher, iTunes, and NFL.com slash Shack. S-H-E-K, Shack, Shack, Shack. We're past the quarter pole on the week five. A gaggle of beautiful games await our eyeballs. Steve Smith versus the world, Roethlisberger versus Bortles or Roethlisberger 2.0, however you prefer. Alex Smith versus the Niners. Texas v. Texas. Tom Brady v. Father Time. Much to get to here on the show. We have to talk about, we have to make our picks, of course, so the Red Challenge flag segment with our pals Handsome Hank and Elliot Harrison in just a moment. At the quarter poll, let's talk about who the MVP is and we will, as usual, on our second show of the week, we'll bring in researcher extraordinaire Drew Christensen to share some mind-blowing stats with us. In the meantime, let's say hello, first of all, to a man who is sitting atop the football world, or at least his football is right now. Everybody's singing songs about his Dallas Cowboys. You read his power rankings. You read his predictions each week. You hear him on this podcast uh, at uh, towards the end of each week ready to play the Red Challenge flag segment against his foe, Handsome Hank. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? What's going on? Well, maybe I can argue my power rankings here <laughs> in this, uh, no? Maybe? Oh, yeah, I noticed on the, yeah. on the NFL Network, Total Access. They were talking about Elliot Harrison's power rankings, but you were nowhere to be found to discuss them. That's okay, Dave. I yelled at the TV, and I uh, really I got a lot out. It yeah. Was, yeah, it was good. I yelled. I, I argued my points. I made some great cases, I thought. Hey, muzzle tub on your Cowboys, though, by the way. That was some performance on Sunday night against the Saints. Like I said on the Sheck Report, which is still available at NFL.com, 
the, um, you know, listen, they looked like a big eight team. They looked like Nebraska or Oklahoma laying waste to old, uh, I don't know, Kansas. And pre-Chaz Weiss, I mean, you know, just what they would do once you got into conference yep. play back in 1982-ish. Jamel Holloway running oh, some Jamel option, Holloway. pitching it to Marcus Dupree, running over guys. See, I actually watched college football back then. Who replaced him? Was it Charles Thompson when I Holloway think, got hurt? Uh, yeah, they were and there Holloway at the same time. replaced Aikman, right? That's exactly right. There Good you go. You. I'll tell you that? what, I was just talking with Handsome uh, – off camera and Darian Hagen of Colorado, though one of my favorite option QBs ever. A little later in the eighties, don't, don't remember him. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy. Don't remember. I remember Steve Taylor. So I was talking with Handsome off camera about this, and Handsome said, "That's gold. Keep it for the podcast." And I think he was being <laughs> sarcastic. But a Texan doing an English accent was uh, was quite. A thing. I listened to Studio, but here's the thing. So the Cowboys' offensive line, I it just makes me laugh, and I want to say this in conjunction. Uh, with Tom Brady's uh, radio interview that we played on the network where he said there's no magic scheme. Uh, football hasn't changed, okay? I, this idea that it's so exotic blitzes, if I hear the term exotic, there's I've nothing... said it many times. It was conjured on the banks yeah. of the three rivers in western Pennsylvania. That, by definition, renders it not exotic at all. There, there's nothing about it that's that fancy. It's real simple. If your lines are better than the other guy's lines, you're going to win. And if you don't turn the ball over, you're going to win 100% of the time. That's football. And so the Cowboys, they've invested in that line. And now they are reaping the rewards of it. And I'm not saying that DeMarco Murray is not a big part of it. He is. But even when Joseph Randall's gotten in there, they're opening up lanes and he's running hard. I mean, I, I just think it's not that complicated. And then you look at what Tom Brady said when he said there's no magic scheme. I agree. There's no Patriot way. There's no way that they're so different than every other team. It's real simple. The only way they're different from other teams is they let guys go a year earlier than other All teams. All right, I want to talk about that and the attrition to the to the roster of the Patriots. That's the real culprit, and I guess that falls on Bill Belichick. But first, let's say hello to the man returning from his travel back to his homeland. He went and watched his Dolphins not just beat, but humiliate the Oakland Raiders. What a time he must have had. He'll tell us about it now. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you, Dave. I had a had a wonderful magical Did you? week. In, in, yeah, I enjoyed in your tweets, and yeah. you were there with the handsome Jeff Darlington. So you Jeff guys really Darlington must and know. I had a we Jeff Darlington always been a, a huge fan. We first met in London in 2007. We went on hmm. a magical tour where I took him to the, the to Buckingham Palace in London in 2007, like and, and we we revisited um, some of uh, some of the places we met. We had a great time. <laughs> Mrs. Darlington was there as well. Ah, that's A wonderful lady. Was she? She's a wonderful lady, too. I like the idea of you guys taking a nostalgic trip down memory lane together. Well, we we simply must revisit the King's Boarhead to, I don't know, <laughs> have another like pint that. of the... Did you have a lot of pints? I had a couple pints. Can I tell you something? Yes. I've been to London, uh, and I don't know what it is, but that, you, you think, well, that's going to be a weird thing. Talk about exotic. Drinking warm beer? I never... I don't know why it's delicious. It's delicious. Is, is that because American beer is just not made in the same quali- uh, of the same quality? Well, no, you can drink it warm. It's different stuff. 
It is. American beer is, is carbonated. It's fizzy, is what I would say. Whereas a, an ale, a warm ale, is there's no... It's, it just slips right that down. That just like sounds medieval. Well, I do see, Handsome, that you brought, uh, I brought your, usual, your usual gift when you go over to your homeland. You return always with gifts that are edible. And as you may or may not know... Uh, eating food is one of my passions. Oh, really? So yeah, it is. Um, so uh, so anyway, so we'll 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 dip into those chips. Meantime, we've got a blacklist to do as well, right, Black Tie? That is correct. What's going on, fellas? How are you, Black Tie? Behind the glass. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I said it earlier this week, and I say it again now. Where have you been on the body language rankings? You got next it's week. It's coming. You know, I, next I like week, I demand tape. it. That's right. I like to watch a game tape. I like to watch a film, and it's coming. All right. Well, these rookie QBs are all over the place. And yeah. by the way, I'm going to self-promote again. In the preseason, just before the season got going, we talked to one Ben Roethlisberger um, here on the DDFP. And among the many things he shared was that he sees the similarities between himself and Blake Bortles. And uh, you can go back and listen to that one. I also think it's available right now on NFL.com and uh, attached it is. to uh, uh, a written piece. Um in there. So anyway, so you can uh, you can dig that one up. Black Tie's got a blacklist coming up in just a second, but one more little bit of self-promotion. I thought it was an interesting discussion that we had a week or two ago about this and uh and handsome your thoughts on it now. Uh, we ranked the triplets, you know, of mm-hmm. course Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman, the original. I compared it really to, you know, there've always been quarterback, running back, wide receiver, but not until, you know, it's the same thing as Kleenex. People have always wiped their nose, but Kleenex redefined it and made it its own thing. Is same right? thing. That's what that's what the triplets kind of did for that trio of football players. And so we ranked the 2014 triplets, 1 through 32. That's available at NFL.com. And um, caught a fair amount of heat, always fans, always the fan of a team always thinks his team should be higher up there. But then we also did the all-time triplets rankings mm-hmm. or at least not all time but of the Super Bowl era I wanted to get your thoughts on that obviously handsome you've been watching the Dolphins for a few decades here and EH along with me we love that Super Bowl era history all the way back to Super Bowl one what do you think fellas the greatest triplets of all time would it weigh in here I mean, we're saying, are we assuming that the Cowboys are number one on that list? I, I mean, because in the same way I say Kleenex, you can't right. vault so over them. So no, they we're have talking to be about number who number one. two is yeah, right. at this point. Okay. Um, I, don't, I mean, when, when, you, when you put Montana, considered probably You one. jumped into the right place. The, the combo with the Niners, right. though, is the, is the he, uh, I mean, tough you've one. got Rice, best receiver maybe right. best player of all time so he's definitely in there you've got montana considered one of the three five best quarterbacks of all time i know he's not one. as good as aaron Rodgers. now he's mind. one i did and I then don't say that I'm i said just having fun with you joe James. montana is still one if okay. aaron Rodgers wins another okay. one though then the conversation and then changes. and then the running back position was manned by roger craig and no he's not going to go down as one of the 10 maybe even 20 best running backs of all time but boy he could run should be and in the hall of fame should in be book. in the hall of fame and so I, you, you put those three together. I think, you know, you look at the quarterback, Aikman better than than Montana? No. So, you know, the 49ers win out on that front. Rice better than Michael Irvin? Yeah, I think everyone agrees with that. And then the running back, Emmett Smith and Roger Craig, 
different types of player, but um, I, you could you can almost make an argument they're number one instead of number two. You know what's funny with that is right. You're exactly right. You if especially if you rank Montana one, right. then you're talking about two ones and two however ones you rate Roger a... Craig, who's not a Hall of Famer, right. but I think he should be. In the same way, the thing I said, the Niners combo that also definitely belongs in the conversation is Jerry Rice with Steve Young, Young. and Ricky Waters, because mm-hmm. I would put Ricky Waters ahead of Roger Craig and Steve Young below Montana, but not like it's uh, night and day either. That's an interesting one. Waters ahead of Craig. You know, I was going through this. Ricky Waters should be in the Hall of Fame, too. <laughs> Ricky anyway. Waters, man. His should be. Yeah, numbers I mean, are ridiculous. You know, we were going over this uh, on the set of Fantasy Live yesterday, Dave, you and I, and I, I was thinking about it, and so there are a couple of great triplet combinations that didn't win the hardware so you mm-hmm. do you throw them out so Peyton Manning Edge James and Marvin Harrison to me mm-hmm. was fantastic for years and then Kelly I've got him at number 10 okay Kelly Thurman Thomas Andre Reed is another great one if you just measure on how quickly they got into the Hall of Fame and their hardware to me the number two triplet group of all time or at least in the Super Bowl era is actually the early 70s Miami Dolphins with Bob Greasy Larry Zonka Paul Warfield, all of them made the Hall of Fame almost immediately. I, I need to research that, but I think they were all first ballot. If they weren't, they were right there. And they won uh, two Super Bowls and went to a third. Now, I know you'll argue this with me with the Steelers, but Bradshaw, Harris, and Stallworth, I think we can both agree that their defense was stronger than their offense. And there's a debate between Stallworth and Swan. I, I take Stallworth, I think. You always you- have. I go Swan. In that uh, it's a it's a close uh, debate. There's not uh, really a, a resounding right versus wrong in that debate. But I would definitely go Lynn Swan in that one. I have Greasy Zonka Warfield on the list at number 14. I issued the sweetest 16 triplets of the Super Bowl era. Greasy, as you look back though, that's that's really the issue. As you look mm-hmm. back on him. He was he was fine, but you talk about a game manager. I mean, talk about a guy benefiting from a great defense and a running game. That's it. Warfield is a little undervalued, but I don't think he can really rank. Greasy that now. Either. We, uh, funnily enough, uh, Jeff Darlington and I on one of our jaunts around London, <laughs> we're talking about Greasy, who was also in London, and and you know, in this day and age, would would he be a Hall of Famer now if he mm-hmm. if he done what he he didn't? We kind of ended up like. It's sort of Eli, it's Flacco, it's, it's... That's right. Would you consider those guys Hall of Famers based on their careers when they come to an end? And, and I think it'd be, the sa- it'd be about the same debate. Well, listen, yeah, like uh, like EH said there, two Super Bowl wins, three appearances, that puts you in the Hall of Fame. Right. That's why I say Roethlisberger's in the Hall of Fame right now. He Absolutely. could retire tomorrow, he's going to the Hall. Along the lines of what you said, Elliot, about those guys that didn't get the hardware... It was tough for me to leave Dan Fouts, Chuck Muncy, mm-hmm. and Kellen Winslow and take your off pick, the list. And take yeah. your pick on the third guy. Yeah, I if thought about John Joyner, Jefferson, Jefferson or Chandler. Yeah, right, right exactly. Um, the other ones that didn't, I do have Peyton, Edge James, and Marvin Harrison at number 10. They never won a Super Bowl together. Um, and looking through, oh, here's one. Handsome, do you feel, because it's all about number 13, the guy right. who you just kibitzed with over in London there. You saw him in his turquoise jersey and all I that. Did, yes. Does Marino's and uh, Marino and anybody who you put on the field with him belong in a discussion like this? Well, I think Mark Clayton is, is underrated. Clayton or Duper, Duper was also in London, uh, were were good receivers. But he, he suffered, and it's one of the reasons that he didn't go any further than he did uh, in terms of uh, the playoffs, is that they were ne- never able to get a running game established. So you've got you know, take your pick from these underachievers. 
Tony Nathan, Sammy Smith, Lorenzo Hampton, Woody Bennett. There's all I've kinds of guys that the combo you, you could I... put at number three, but but the truth is that they're going to bring that 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 team way back, they, way down. They well, they appeared in that Super Bowl against Joe Montana's Niners and lost it. And I have them at appropriately number thirteen. Mm-hmm. Dan Marino, Tony Nathan was their best. Right. He, he, he was a great. He uh, was good. I think great is you. You're using great in the sense the Gruden version of great. He's though. one of those guys. I mean, he's I, I. He's one of those guys that you would be able to leave on the field for three downs. Right. So he would be coveted in today's NFL. Tony Nathan and uh, and then Mark Clayton. Like I said, I agree with you. But you know, Elliot, you and I have talked about this before. Marino always says, "Well, he didn't win a Super Bowl because he never had a, a good running game, and his receivers weren't great." You know, that is the same exact story for John Elway. The only difference between their two careers is Elway hung around long enough that Terrell Davis made the scene, and then he gets those couple of Super Bowls. But they're the those two guys, Marino and Elway, are even though if you issued rankings of the all-time greatest quarterbacks, they would be in the conversation and everything, but it would boil down to Montana versus Brady versus – and those guys I feel like are, are underappreciated because Sammy Winder is the best running back that Elway played with until the very end of mm-hmm. Elway's career. And who was he throwing the ball to? Vance Johnson? and yeah. I, 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 Rookie Natale? My goodness! I mean, it was, I mean, they were fine. They were they, they were fine at best. And the same thing with Mark Duper and Mark Clayton were good, but they right. neither one of them's in the Hall of Fame and no running game. Really, we should really uh, hail both I, as much as we already consider them great quarterbacks of all time. I still think they should be higher in the conversation. Just one quick thing. So I think the interesting thing about that Cowboys, the 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 true triplets, is that the you know the Super Bowls they won against Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Andre Reid. I mean that group there, you know, you had two of the two of the best playing against each other um, during that period. And then after they kind of their careers came to an end, immediately that Kurt Warner established himself with the Rams, all of a sudden with Warner, with Marshall Falk and then I, I prefer Torrey Holt, but Isaac Bruce, whichever no, one of those two. You look two, at Torrey Holt's that, those, 2000 right, season is ridiculous. Those guys, that they, that was a pretty potent I tried to I well. tried to, uh, to sort of get into the time that these things were happening. Yeah, the greatest show on turf was something that we hadn't seen before. So they have to be right. on this list. And I have them at number six, pretty high up there. The one that I've gotten a lot of heat for, and then we'll move on, is uh, at number five. I went Tom Brady and Randy Moss. They, you know, just about one mm-hmm. undefeated. And I'm catching some flack for having Lawrence Maroney in there. He was their running was back. Their what running do you want back? me to do? do, do? Yeah. And so what? If it was Dave Damashek as the third part of that, the Brady to Moss combo was yeah. unstoppable that year. Well, except for that last game. The one, the one group that time just didn't quite work out for them because you, you were talking about Dallas is the 70s Cowboys with Staubach, Dorsett, and Pearson. Staubach was on. I don't know if they made your list. But Number nine. Yeah, Staubach. You, could, you, you can look it up. There's a website, uh, well, NFL.com. <laughs> really? I thought yeah, it was .org. I mean, interesting. Staubach obviously was at the tail end of his career when Dorsett came along, but Dorsett, Pearson, and Staubach would have uh, definitely Didn't work higher. out. How did it not work well, out? They they only, the only they, way it didn't work out was when they played years. a team wearing black and gold they in Super Bowls. That that didn't work out. For they them, only played three sure. years together. That's That was really the, the issue. Yeah, no, they were great. All right, let's move on here, Black Tie. Real quick, though, when I mentioned black and gold, I can't believe I skipped over this. Maybe my heart wants me to just skip over it like it didn't happen. Goodbye, Pittsburgh Pirates. It was a nice season, though. And I remind all Pittsburgh Pirates fans, 18 months ago, the team hadn't had a winning season in two decades. Two straight playoff appearances. Enough's enough. That's great. I'm very happy for it. Brighter days lay ahead. All right, Black Tie. 
get into it here, fella. I have to. I, don't don't shrug no, at I'm me, just, handsome. I have to. I have to mention it. I think it's good you mentioned it. Are you almost too dismissive? I'm sad about it, but I'm trying to, you know, maintain perspective. Am I supposed to go crazy because the Pittsburgh Pirates who couldn't no, put look. a decent team on the field for two decades? I should, I got to be overrun. Oh, why did they start Edinson Volquez? They should have had Garrett Cole for, ah, listen, next year. All right, yes, Black Tie, hit it. The Black Black Tie reads current events. The Black The Black all right, guys, how's it going? First on the blacklist today, which early season sensation will keep the pace? Steve Smith on pace for his best career yet. Austin Davis, who, by the way, good body, well, not necessarily good body language. He's too enthusiastic sometimes, but he's playing well. <laughs> Orlando McClain and um, Orlando McClain, Bruce Carter and the Cowboys D. Which one of those three will keep the pace? I'll rule out the Cowboys defense. I don't think I, I, I don't I don't buy it. I think Rod Marinelli, we talked to Daniel Jeremiah on the first podcast this week and he said that you really gotta um give it to him, but I, I, I feel like it's smoke and mirrors. Anyway, fellas, how about you? Uh agree. On that front, I agree. I think Steve Smith is the one who, you know, barring any kind of injury, is the one who looks like he can maintain the pace. I don't think it's even close with the other two. Yeah, even without Owen Daniels, I mean, Owen, even without Dennis Pitta, they still have Owen Daniels. They still have Marlon Brown. I, you know, I think that there's an, uh, there are enough uh, distractions for defenses right. to contend with. And by the way, Torrey Smith finally did get on the board. Everybody's talking about the marvelous day Steve Smith had. He is the greatest. That's it. He is the all-time king of trash talk, save um, Muhammad Ali. But The NFL uh, game is not played in Studio 66. No, it's not, Steve Smith. And but why we, hasn't he been back here since then? I don't I, know. We, I, I issued that one I Steve Smith that senior on the show. Why, is he not, why are we not speaking to him right now? That's a great question, Black Tie. We're trying, guys. All right. We, we got to get him. I, try hard I, in the meantime, I did pay homage to him on the most recent check report. Again, you can track it down at NFL.com. Um, so there you go, Black Tide. Next question. All right, next question. Who has more cause for concern, the one in three Saints, the two and two Pats who just had that awful Monday night loss, or the two and two Falcons who have not looked good on the road at all? Wow, fascinating mm. question. I leave it to one of you two to jump in here and do it while well, I contemplate my answer. The interesting thing about all those teams is they play in divisions where they're, you know, yes, that you could consider right now the Patriots after what we saw on Monday night or the Saints after what happened on Sunday night are in trouble. But then you look at the the teams they're competing with, the other three in their division, and, and it would only take two wins, not even good wins, for them to be back on, on top. Do I, I don't, I'm... I picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I don't believe that's going to happen anymore. People pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I should think they're probably rethinking it as well. But if you ask me, are they going to get to the playoffs, both of those teams? I think they'll probably find their way there. Mm-hmm. EA? Yeah, I don't see Atlanta finding its way right. to the playoffs. They're, they're going 8-8. Eight eight. That defense is so bad. I mean, there's been a lot of talk, and, they and you know, Fabs always brings up on fantasy about, you know, Matt Ryan on the road. And I get it, the Falcons aren't good on the road, but their defense is terrible. I mean, their front seven is just – they can't get after the quarterback. I mean, Croy Bierman, uh, it, it just, this just in, is not a, a big-time pass rusher. 
Yeah. I just just wanted to bring that up. The Similar. hallmark of those Patriots teams during this run has always been that they're more of a chameleon. You know, I favor growing up watching the Steelers. I love the identity, and, you know, people in Pittsburgh still call for, we need to get back. Yo, dudes, we need to get back to, like, what it was with Chaz Null there, dudes. we got to run the football and play dominant defense. You know, I, I do like the idea of a team just always playing a certain way, sort of like an old Big 8 Oklahoma team just always running the way. Bone, but the Patriots succeeded because they could play chameleon. However you want to do it, they'll they'll beat you at that. Um, and I think this year's chameleon has has morphed into a mediocre team. Well, but but the Falcons are they are they must have it's got to be the way they want it to be or they're doomed. If you if they can shoot it out with you, they'll they'll keep up with anybody. If you are rugged and you can and you can uh, push them around at the line of scrimmage, they have no chance at it, and that's why I say they'll go eight and eight. Um, I'll go though. The team that's in actual trouble here, you know, not to say that the other two are not, but dig this schedule that the Saints. Let's assume that they're going to take care of um, of the Bucks this weekend at home. But listen to listen that's to what, what the Steelers assumed last weekend, Dave. I well, believe me. I'm still and I feel bad about what I said about Corey Bierman. Yeah. Well, come on, player. What's that? What's up with that? Listen to what I'm saying. I'm telling you, please, black tie. <laughs> Enough with that. And I'm I'm trying to be serious. Listen to this schedule coming up after their bye in Week Six, at Detroit, host Green Bay, at Carolina, host the Niners, host the Bengals, host the Ravens, at Pittsburgh, host Carolina. At the Bears, yikes! Where's where's the gimme? There's no gimmies in that uh, in that slew of games. They maybe go 500 in that, or, or they better really turn on the Jets and start doing what Handsome and I both expected them to do in the preseason, which was be at the very least dominant at home. Okay, so let's say the Saints go eight and eight or nine and seven. Let's just pretend they go nine and seven, right? Who's going to go better than nine? I agree and seven? with that. It's the same thing that Handsome right. says about the Patriots. Atlanta's not one in ten. Nope. Tampa Bay is not one in ten. Nope. And honestly, I, I, that to me, if you if you said, hey, what's your biggest surprise of the 2014 season? How bad Carolina's defense has been the last two weeks? I thought they might be the best unit in the league, literally. They were horrible against the Ravens. I mean, you thought they were bad against the Steelers. I don't know if you saw any of that Panthers-Ravens game. It was brutal. They're Flacco exposed was... now. No, no, you know, Greg Hardy, they they, they got through the, the one game that he was uh, sat down for. But since then, they're, and, and the back end of the defense is, you know, is, is just not good. It wasn't even good last year, no. really. It was fine with Mike Mitchell back there, who is an abomination in Pittsburgh, by the way, so far. Pass He's rush covers a lot of, lot of ills with your secondary. Yeah, that's exactly right. Black Tie, do you want to move on or do you want to do uh, something else here? on the I got a couple quick ones here. Right. True Detective, season two, the leads Ooh. of Colin Farrell. I know you and, uh, and Hank are big fans of the show. What's your take on that? Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn, season two leads. Well, I, I tweeted my thoughts uh, by saying uh, you're so uh, – you know, you're so murdery and you don't even know it. Like, oh, Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn. It's tough to take the Vince Vaughn seriously. The swingers guy is going to be that. Yeah. Gonna do. Then you again, I guess Woody, Woody was serving drinks when we right. first met him and Matthew McConaughey was burning tree uh, in was. Days to Confuse. Well, yeah, I mean, as a character. Right. But, yeah. Now, so I guess I shouldn't beat up too much on Vince Vaughn. Maybe he'll be did you right. see? Um, I don't know. I don't... Did, have you seen Matthew McConaughey uh, making a speech to the Texas Longhorns? 
I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very excited based on your uh, enthusiastic I'm, tweets I'm about it. I'm enthusiastic about it. He, um, it's similar to one of the ones he made while cutting up beer cans in, in True Detective. I think you'll really enjoy it. I, put it this way. <laughs> I don't feel like the Longhorns are going to be um, playing playing fast or loose after after his speech to them. <laughs> All right, uh, Black Tie. Real quick, last one, though. Which other NFL podcast do you guys most listen to on the hot seat here, guys? I answered that the other day. No, you didn't. You, you compared one and the other. We have about four of the podcasts. Daniel Jeremiah asked me to rank the podcasts in NFL media, and so I did. I gave you my rankings. First, Dave Damashek football program. Which other? Then then a space to show the difference mm-hmm. in this podcast and all the others. At number three, I can't get enough of Coach Brian Billick. Coach's show. At number four, love Matt Money Smith and uh, Bucky Brooks. So I go college football. Then you can, you know, I guess Jeremiah's new one, promising so far. Isn't that all the podcasts we have here? I think so. <laughs> I think I've just ranked them all. <laughs> Handsome, how say you? I um, I uh, actually, I mean, I, I get the joke you were playing there, and I think it's it's funny. I very much enjoy the Around the NFL podcast. I, I, um, I, I appreciate the um, both the the way that they educate, but then also the banter, the banter. That that, uh, that Greg Rosenthal, Dan Hansis, uh, Chris Wessling, and the other dude um, bring to the, the That's to my the thing. I can't the tell them apart. Who's who? 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 who is, which all, is the witch guy? The whatever. thing is, they're all nice kids. And, they are and I like nice, them. but I mean, I think we go one step too far with right. this. I know we do, and you'll see <laughs> one today as well. I mean, you can look at NFL.com. There will be a DDFPTV at NFL.com, right. a nice little video from Studio 66. Maximum strength! Or just near Studio 66. You can always watch these videos. I mean, I think we go one step too far putting those guys right. in the video. Is that a wise I don't know what. Are we also, doing them any seen, favors? Have you seen I what know, they wear? It's like, guys, what do you, what, what, you decide to show up wearing that to be on, on a video? I mean, video? isn't there a minimum standard right. for what sort of shape you should be in before you yeah, throw well, yourself on camera like well, that? Look at Elliot. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't the Banta one of the things in uh, Return of the Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Or is it the I think you're thinking of Empire. I think you're thinking was of Empire. Was it Empire? Which one? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what the uh, sand people uh, wrote around on, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Cookies that's and cream. Right. Um, all right. That's it for uh, for the Come blacklist. You, all right. We'll pick the week five games in just a minute, fellas. But real quick, we're past the quarter pole, or at least most teams are. So I don't think it's too soon to at least evaluate Four games in for most of these teams, like I say. Who do you feel is the MVP right now? EH, I start with you. Uh, to me, this is – it's really easy. It's a slam dunk. It's Phillip Rivers. Uh, I just think the, the control that he has at the line of scrimmage, that offense, it's just like Peyton Manning. Uh, they've played so well. The only game they lost was to Arizona. We always know that week one is a little bit uh, – I don't want to say of an anomaly, but it's an aberration with teams – and had the Chargers caught six passes that they dropped, including Keenan Allen at the end, San Diego probably goes down and wins that game. That's an interesting point, but I'd like you to define the difference between aberration and anomaly. Go. Well, an aberration, <laughs> <laughs> an aberration, Sheck, would be when you see something happen, okay? Ah. And it's not exactly the way it is in reality. It's an aberration. Ah. But an anomaly is when something, in fact, did happen. That is the reality of what happened. But it so rarely ever happens that it's unique. Well, you've confused me. You've confused me. But that is, to bring it back to this conversation, 
That's what Phil Rivers and Mike McCoy are doing, confusing defenses by spreading the ball all over the place. It really is a pick-your-poison kind of situation. Eddie Royals, what, three touchdowns Antonio Gates yep. is the reason that they beat the Seahawks a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and then he doesn't. They barely, uh, you barely notice him on the field a week later. That's a great choice. Uh, handsome, how say you? I, I like the Phillip Rivers yeah. choice, but if you're looking at that V in valuable, I think J.J. Watt. I don't see how the Texans, the worst team in football last year, are 3-1 and one without J.J. Watt and what he's done. They wouldn't be. This year. You know, you've, got, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who really hasn't been up to much. You've got an, an offense which is kind of underperforming. But with J.J. Watt, he keeps them in games, and, and he's shutting other teams out. For what it's worth, and that is a terrific pick, but for what it's worth, we talk about the Jenga piece. If you take the wrong piece out of mm-hmm. a team, the entire thing can implode on you like the Jenga game can. J.J. Watt's a great one, but they did go 2-14 and 14 a year ago with a healthy and dominant Watt. The real Jenga piece for that Texans team might be Arian Foster. When he's on the field over the last two years, they've won five games. When he's not on the field, they lost all 11 of them. That's yeah. an interesting Including stat. Including the Giants worth. in week three. Well, yeah. but, I mean, that comes down to the quarterback that they've had. You know, Arian Foster by himself maybe isn't that guy, but Arian Foster, when the guy who's throwing the ball is is – Matt Schaub or, or Case Keenum or now Ryan Fitzpatrick, then yes, he's, he looks a lot more valuable. My pick is, well, my preseason pick was Jay Cutler. And uh, like the late great Jerry Orr back at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, at least so far. But I do think the Pack. I think they've seen some good teams, mm-hmm. some good defenses in the Bills. And the Packers are a little bit better. So maybe there's a chance he'll still turn it around. Meantime, though, DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray and that offensive line, I know that that's really the key detail there, but if he can keep it going, and big if, given his health issues over his career, if he can keep it rolling, though, I mean, DeMarco Murray has to be near the top of that list, right? Definitely. I think it's fun to be talking about these type of guys instead of the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, you know, the the names that we normally would associate with the MVP award. Sure. You know, I got into a Twitter war over DeMarco Murray because somebody resurrected a tweet I had from he fumbled in the first quarter against the 49ers. It was instant touchdown for the Niners. And I said he's always been one of the most overrated players in the league. And the reason why is because he's not ever healthy enough. I mean, you got to play 16 games and do it. And so I'm, I'm all for his great start. But let's like tap the brakes on the Canton jacket yet. You know what I'm saying? Like he's already being treated like the best back in the league. Four weeks does not make you the best back in the league. I'm not taking him over LaShawn McCoy. I get it. LaShawn McCoy is having a terrible start. But really, if you're a GM right now, do you want DeMarco Murray? Do you want LaShawn McCoy? Do you want DeMarco Murray? Or do you want Jamal Charles? I mean, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Wow, for DeMarco that's an Murray. interesting question, and I'm surprised that you aren't higher on Demarco Murray. Of course, the injuries. I'm unbiased aside. about the Cowboys. Yeah, no, uh-huh. I'm no, I'm surprised based on the way he's running. He's running hard and uh, consistently putting up huge numbers there, where he stacks he's up in the good. overall. You know, all of a sudden things are thrown out of whack. We know with Adrian Peterson out of the picture now, there are a lot of some. In a, J- Jamal Charles didn't get off to a great start, but now it looks like he's back in top form. Lev Bell, Gio Bernard, the emergence of those two guys. This who's the best running back conversation is all of a sudden quite different than it was. Uh, the Shady McCoy, like you say, isn't off to a very good year either. Well, you know, anyway, you slice it, and I know this isn't the the answer that you were looking for when you asked for MVP. But if I had to pick an MVP of the season, that's not a person; it's the running game, just the running game mm. in general. I can't remember if it was Week One or Week Two. Hank, every team that won had at least twenty-five rushing attempts. And you could say some of those were games where the team was way ahead and they were putting the game away. But really, how many blowouts are there on a weekly basis in the NFL for that to happen? Right. Very few. I, that's a very telling stat. S- Seattle did it last year. 
you know, Arizona is running the ball with Andre Ellington despite this injury issue. We yep. keep hearing about – you just mentioned Arian Foster. When, did, when does Houston win? Dallas. I just feel like the running game is back, and if Denver does not get Monte Ball going, they were so easy to shoo no Sean Marino out the door. I, I don't think Peyton Manning was personally responsible for all 1,000-whatever of no Sean Marino's rushing yards last year. Just it's saying. a great point, and by the way, a tip of the hat, I said it on the podcast earlier this week, I say it again now, we all have to tip our hat to Jerry Jones because not only did he bring in that offensive line, but in a way that dictates that they go to a running game. Maybe not only did he make some good personnel decisions, maybe he returns us back to a different philosophy in a winning way there. Nobody would have given Jerry Jones the uh, – would, would have said that he's capable of coming up with such a thing as that. You know, in the offseason, of course, as usual, bashed for his GM and skills, which, right. of course, I defend. He's the owner of the team. He can do whatever he wants. But and, and while he was doing that, he was also passing up some players. I mean, Johnny Manziel's the obvious one, but there were a lot of, a lot of times where he – he made those picks and passed up on guys that were sexier picks um, at, at the time. Who drafts right. a center in the first right. round? The well, Dallas that, Cowboys. That's Exactly. Who. Exactly. And, and I think the diehard Cowboy fans don't really care as much about the Manziel, but they did care about trading with San Francisco. San Francisco takes Eric Reed. Yep. Safety has been a problem for the Cowboys since Darren Woodson hung him up. So Cowboys fans were ticked off. It wasn't just that Travis Frederick had a third-round grade. It was that they didn't get Eric right. Reed. All right, fellas, enough hooey and applesauce. It's time for the Red Challenge Flag segment. Red Challenge Flag Mix. All right, let's get to it here. First, let's say hello to the guy who joins us on the second podcast every week now. Well, he or his friend, Bill Smith. But right now we're talking with NFL media researcher extraordinaire. He's back for more after a dodgy Week four with some of the mind-blowing stats he shared. It's Drew Christensen. What's the poop, fella? Gentlemen, how you doing? I made it through a brutal week. Yeah, you did. Tony Sperano is my new head coach of the Raiders, and Brady Hoke, the last time I checked, still coaching in Michigan. Not a good week. You're a Michigan man. Yeah, I, it's funny you say that because I tweeted this week, which is the worst sports locale of uh, in uh, in America right now? Is it Oakland, California, or Ann Arbor, Michigan? Bad weeks, really, both places. Really rough week for me. Maybe you could combine your two passions and have Brady Hoke be the new head coach of the Oakland Raiders. What could mm. be problem better? solved? Yeah. Well, hey, Dennis Allen of yeah. Michigan. Ah, look at that! Full Beautiful. Circle. And your last name is still Christensen. It still is. Yeah. Yeah. And but, you still look a lot like uh, Drago. From Rocky Four to me. So we're going Drago this week? Yeah. Okay. McCown. Well, they've uh, Josh McCown looks like Drago, who Woody. looks like Drew Christensen, looks who like looks Woody like Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think of the new – What about, uh, Hank, what about that backup quarterback for the Vikings? Was it Matt Bowen? Remember he played for a while and played in Jacksonville? No? Remember yeah. him? Matt Bowen? Wasn't it Matt Bowen? Don't remember no? Matt Bowen. Matt. You know that Bruce? no one listening knows what you guys are talking yeah. about. No. You should cut that out. Point is, in. Drew Christensen is is uh, <laughs> a toe-headed researching wonder, and he will share some uh, some juicy Bowman, stats with us, maybe? and he'll help us mind our Nobody P's and Q's uh, as we go through these uh, these uh, picks here. For the Week 5 games, we call it the Red Challenge Flag segment, and let's get into it right now, shall we? I've gone to NFL.com. I've opened our weekly pick'em page here. You can join in on the fun, see how you compete against us week to week. Go to NFL.com, the weekly pick'em. How do you get it? Slash pick'em. Slash pick'em, but then how do you get into the DDFP one? Just search for the Dave Damage like football program. Okay, so let's get into it. By the way, I lead it, huh? 
You are in the Black lead. Tie? That's right. Yes, I'm second, and Hank's third. No surprise. You it's can all always catch up. You know, I you can look year, for the. Uh, you can look at NFL.com. More a lot of self promotion of Damashek here. Um, More this than week. usual. Spoiler alert um, is uh, is up there where I tell you exactly not just who's going to win, but by how much and uh, and who the individual star performers are going to be on both sides of the ball. Fellas, let's jump into it. It's Thursday, so we'll skip right over the Minnesota and Packers game. I bet we're all taking the Packers anyway in that one. Saying that publicly, though, now hangs me out the drive. I'm wrong about that one. So many good ones here. Let's start off with handsome the Houston Texans at the Dallas Cowboys a lone star battle that is a that is a good one and I had a hard time making this one but I um I picked the Cowboys to win this game EH how say you I'm gonna keep my uh red flag in my pants on this one I I agree I'm gonna take the Cowboys and I say 23-20 in overtime a Dan Bailey field goal wins it I think that we're getting a little over our skis. This just is a gut feel. This on paper should be if the Cowboys defense can stuff the run, if they can slow down Aaron Foster, who's banged up anyway. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't buy that. The Cowboys now, I feel like it, we've gone from zero to 60 miles an hour on them. They're in the Super Bowl and so on. I think they're they're going to play against a good defense here. Like I say, it's going to be closer than most people expect. I, I laid out. I wanted to hear what you said, but I, I'll just say I just think this is a bad matchup for Houston. I mean, how do you exploit Dallas? You throw the ball in that secondary, and and they get no pass right. rush. What's Houston's weakness? I mean, it's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. Andre Johnson, by the way, not doing anything. No, so I know Larry year. Fitzgerald. You know, in Arizona, everybody's talking about him getting jumped over by Michael Floyd. DeAndre Hopkins is clearly the number one option, although Johnson's looked a little bit better. He looked a sure. little bit but, but I hear your noise completely. But is that on him or is that on his quarterback? Could be both. I mean, I, I think Bill O'Brien knows that his best chance to win is to run Arian Foster, period. Absolutely. Look, I slighted Ryan Fitzpatrick last week in his beard, and he came out and gave that ferocious pregame speech. <laughs> so I'm then not, then I'm what not, happened in the game proper? I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> The Cowboys are gonna the Cowboys are gonna win not because of Ryan Fitzpatrick they're gonna keep running the ball they've run the ball over fifty percent of their plays in the last three weeks and they've won third in the NFL so why stop? All right, fascinating game here, the Sunday night affair, the Bengals at the Patriots. There is no rational reason that the Bengals shouldn't just win this game but obliterate the Patriots given the individual matchups. E H Pickett, I'm taking the Bengals. This is this is a really tough one because I think Dave, um, I hate giving credit to you. Actually, I always give credit to you. I like giving credit to you, but you you tweeted <laughs> that was this. a range of emotions. <laughs> you tweeted this the other day and I, or yesterday, I think, and and I I completely agree with it. There's no earthly reason why you should pick the Patriots to win this one, but you can't shake the feeling that they'll win this one. This they'll is come it. Out and do it. This is it. Um, I mean, oh, oh, football based talk shows, TV, radio, print, and otherwise have pretty much declared universally, that's it. You know, the, right. the, this run is over for the Patriots. It's been smoke and mirrors. People have finally realized outside the organization and within, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's not magic anymore, and you can't just throw J uh, Julian Edelman out on the field with him and expect them to just keep on rolling right. year after year. The matchups are terrible. What is the you talk about the strengths matchup wise? The Bengals are dominant on the on the defensive line, and the Patriots are about as bad as it gets. They should steamroll past them. You think? But and but yet, with, I 
Patriots are. I think the I think the Patriots are going to win it. But but with all that said, I this isn't just a rash of bad luck. And I know we've already been into this. This isn't just a rash of bad luck for the Patriots. There's a blueprint of how you how you beat the New England Patriots. And when Elliot's talking about the the Texans and Cowboys being a bad ma- the Cowboys being a ma- bad matchup for the Texans, I think the Bengals are a really bad matchup for the Patriots. So yes. I, I'm going to pick the Bengals. Oh, I mean, you know, handsome. I don't mind bringing it up. What the aforementioned Dan Hanzus yes. filled your chair capably last week. Right, he threw that red challenge flag every time he had a chance. Well, you know, and and congratulations to him. I actually then looked up his picks. He's now one game behind me overall this season. Wow, so he had a lucky week. All right, S- boom. Since Dave is keeping me employed on this podcast, I'll, I'll back him up with the Patriots. They're thirty-three and four after a loss since '03. They're eight and one following a twenty-point loss. And the Bengals do not play well in prime time under Marvin Lewis. They're one and, one and ten on the road. I think I'm right in saying that uh, Tom Brady's something like fifty and three at home in his last fifty-three games. You are fifty and three. Pretty pretty good at home. However, his worst game. In recent memory, was last year against the Bengals. He had a completion percentage of 47%. Right. Snapped that consecutive games with a touchdown streak against yep. the Bengals defense. Mm-hmm. His driving rain in the second half. Julian Edelman dropped about three balls. Yep, remember that game well. That's right. And I'll do. I'll, you know, and in fact, I was really anxious to see last January that matchup repeat itself. We didn't get to see it because the Chargers won and and uh, muddled uh, the matchups in uh, in the next round. But I think you nail it, Christensen. It, the the thing is, Bel- Belichick. Here's the matchup they win: Belichick versus Marvin Lewis. I mean, that, the, uh, I, I keep saying, you talk about, aren't they the two longest tenured coaches mm-hmm. now? The it, it is remarkable. Bel, Bill Belichick, as I've pointed out, is supposed to be a defensive guru, and they have not had. Uh, top-tier defense since the days of Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi. That being said, they've obviously put consistent winners on the field. Marvin Lewis, in the history of pro football, who's kept their gig longer doing so little as Marvin Lewis? couple division titles thrown in here and there. This team has never won a playoff game in 13 years with him. So I'll give the matchup to Belichick. One last piece of magic. I I, I cannot maybe – maybe it's because – they have beaten my team so soundly over the years. I can't close the book on them just yet. Until maybe I, they haunt me a little too much. If the Bengals go in there and house them, then I will jo- join everybody else in closing the book on this Patriots uh, story. But until they do, until they lose at home against it in a big time game like this, uh, I'll, I'll reserve the possibility that they're still relevant. All right, next game. Eh, the Steelers should beat the. Jags. Does anybody think this? Because there are some people out there picking the Jags in that one. Um, Want to take a look at the? Uh, let's take a look at the Baltimore Ravens. Now at three and one, going in to play the Indianapolis Colts. Handsome. How say you? I for this one, um, I'm picking the Indianapolis Colts. But it's another great. It should be a great game. Yeah, you know, you would think, obviously. I, I All right, let's hear EH's pick here. <laughs> I'm going to table my red flag, man. I'm picking the Colts, too. Yeah. I, don't know why, I don't know why I get in trouble for not throwing a red flag. <laughs> He's never thrown a red flag in the history yeah, of this true. contest. Why Why am I the one? I'm why always the one getting room. out of my pants. <laughs> I, I, You know, listen. I, I feel the Colts are the ones that are 2-2 two and two and need the win here. The Ravens have thrown the ball really well. Joe Flacco, the last couple of weeks, and really since all the trouble off the field, 
Joe Flacco has just hit a rhythm here. You know, mm-hmm. he, he picked apart the Steelers. He looked great against Carolina. They're throwing the ball just fine. They're running the ball a little bit. The Colts aren't good against uh, aren't good at stopping the pass. But Andrew Luck, you talk about unstoppable, has been yeah. gangbusters historically right. so over the last couple of weeks. And so I, I guess I'll take the Colts too per- here. Perhaps uh, Drew can verify this, but uh, I believe the Col- not. <laughs> Colts have the top ranked pass defense in the league. Uh, offense, I mean, in the league, yeah. and the Ravens, I believe, are the twenty fourth ranked pass defense. The uh, the Colts. Off the off the yards there, they have the most yards in back-to-back games in franchise history these last two weeks, um, which you know you'd think Peyton Manning could have put together, but Andrew Luck clearly better than Peyton Manning. Um, and Trent Richardson three career hundred-yard games, one of which was against the Ravens. Boy, you really wow. have to dig look, deep to say something out. positive <laughs> about Trent Richardson. Why he continues to get uh, twenty carries is unbelievable. Jeremiah earlier in the week speculated that it's to take the pounding away from the brittle. Ahmad Bradshaw, and they're going to have to run the ball to keep some balance, so they if, may as well throw him to the Wolves. If Vic Ballard was still on the yeah, field, he'd, right. they, he'd, be, he'd have taken half of those carries away from him. American people might not have understood your what you said there was Vic what? Ballard. Vic, what did I say? Ballard. Ballard. Vic Ballard. I know, it's, so, that was a if tough Vic one. Ballard was still on the field, then that's a team that I think you'd go, you'd watch and hand him the ball 10 times, 15 Someday, times a game. Someday, we are going to do a podcast one day <laughs> where we embody another person in here for the entire show like i'll be blacked out oh come on man no don't talk about football talk about soccer now you know i want to talk about soccer. all right um i would love to hear black ties impression of me or elliot or handsome hank actually that would be a lot of fun try it out there black tie you know dealer's choice whichever one you want to try the most here i'd love to hear it this is my dave impression hey fella <laughs> That's all I got. That's very good. Um, all right, let's go to Uncanny. There are some there aren't that many games that you don't that I don't think that everybody has a feel that we whether we're right or wrong, I think we are all feeling like the Colts are gonna win this game. Um let's go how about this one? The Falcons and the Giants. Two two and two teams playing one another. I'm gonna start with EH. I will take the New York Giants, big blue at home. All right. Dave? The moment's come. That red flag's in my hand. I just tossed it in the air. Yeah, <laughs> finally. My goodness, what a relief. I, I think um, as much as we've talked about the Falcons and, and their defense, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that we're going to see, you know, you talk about a team that can keep pace with Atlanta, and I don't think we've mm-hmm. seen, you know, great things from the, from the Giants' defense. I think the Falcons will outscore the Giants. I don't think it means anything really long-term for either of these teams. I just think in that matchup, I think mm-hmm. the, the, the Falcons are going to come out on top. I agree with you. I think they'll just ultimately – they the secondary for the Giants has improbably – although the pieces are there. They, they've picked off seven passes, but they're not good. That doesn't equal them being good right. against the pass. And you throw Julio Jones and Roddy White at them – Assuming Roddy White's at uh, close to full speed, I think they uh, they'll score enough points to outdo Eli and company. Matt, Ly- uh, Matt Ryan has dropped eight straight outdoors. I won't go. I won't go on the road on you there, Elliot. I'll go outdoors. Um, Didn't they when they played in the playoffs? What was it three years ago? Playoffs? Two points. I don't know. Yes, they <laughs> lost twenty-four to two in <laughs> yeah. New York. I yes. love that he's the most incomplete researcher of all time. <laughs> I, I don't. I he don't. has some prepared well, stats. Well, let's but talk if you about dig the, any deeper. You want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> let's talk. In, let's talk January. He's the Peyton Manning of uh, of researchers. Right, yeah, he only knows about the regular there season. There you go. See, all, all five of his picks is here on the road, and Eli's best month is October twenty nine seven. Ooh, I, think, ooh, I like that. We, we should call him Mister October. 
Mm. All right. Yeah, that's I don't know. Now I have Already now taken. you have me rethinking my pick, but it's too late. Let's move on to one more here. I'm thinking Chicago Bears at two and two at the two and two Carolina Panthers. Like you say, EH, the defense looked terrific. And Derek Anderson, that feels like forever ago, but you can start poking holes in those victories. Who did they beat? They beat the Buccaneers in week one. In hindsight, not such a great one. And torched by the Steelers and then the Ravens. Hmm. Handsome, I start with you. Dave, I can uh, I can barely decide which team to pick here, but I'm going to take the Bears. All right. <laughs> I, I agree. Ah, you agree. I do, and I wanted to say I'm – Deceiving the chance, or whatever. What was that Flat, phrase? Flattering you? to deceive. I'm flattering to deceive, Dave. Whatever that means, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that, you know, here's my hunch about, I, and I, I'm just trying to validate myself by saying the Bears, but again, you know, the matchups, those they have played the Bears some decent defenses, and I still think now Forte gets off last week. That's something he was calling for. There are too many good pieces for this team to be mediocre. I don't care how bad the defense is. They should be able to outscore whoever they play, or most teams they play at least. Yeah, the Cutler, is, uh, he's thrown six touchdowns, no picks on the road this year. And Cam Newton has actually been sacked more times than he's rushed the ball. Mm. And, and just going on top mm. of Not that. Not healthy. I did, Not a little, good. I did a little research on this game because this was the hardest one for me to pick. And I looked at the Panthers linebackers in coverage. I was just curious because if they load up to stop Matt Forte, because they haven't been able to stop the run. They weren't able to stop the Ravens either last week. So, uh, Dude, two of their linebackers are just getting killed. Luke Keekley's given up like 135 passer rating when they throw on him. And you know Matt Forte can catch the ball. And if they use resources up front, now you're talking about that secondary, which you just 10 minutes ago said uh, really wasn't all that great last year, right? Going up against Jeffrey, Marshall, and Bennett. And the other thing is, you know, Marshall's got to be getting healthier now. I mean, I know he's mm-hmm. been the walking wounded, but it's not going to be like that forever. You know, I just think it's a bad, as we talked about with Bengals, Patriots, and Texans, Cowboys, I feel like it's a bad matchup for the Panthers right now. They're a fun team to watch, the Bears, as well. They really are. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I still stand by that uh, this team, over the course of things, is going to, and it starts this week. I, I think this is a team that gets into double-digit wins, at least, and I think has a real chance of being a player come January. All right, let's blow through the rest of the games here real fast. Saints should win huge at home against the Buccaneers. I'll take the Eagles. They get Lane Johnson back. It, talk about a weird matchup, though. The Eagles with that uh, offensive line in tatters against the strength of the Rams, which is the defensive line. I'll still take the Eagles. I think Shady scores not one, not two, three touchdowns in this game. Mm. I will take the Browns on the road. I'll take the Steelers on the road in a close one. Um, Falcons over the Giants. Bears over Panthers. Cowboys over Texans. Lions will take care of the Bills at home. Colts over Ravens. Broncos big, I say, is a little bit bold over the over the Cardinals. Cody Latimer, let me continue my streak here, by the way. Talk, so you have stats about things that already happened. Damashek tells you what's going to be. I told you two weeks ago, Jordan Matthews, Eagles rookie wideout, would get in the end zone for the first and time in his career. he hasn't anything since. I, 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 he listen, didn't say that's, about anything after that. I Elliot. told you what would be, and, and it was. He scored a touchdown. Thank you, A.J. Hawk. I, I picked that one. Last week, I told you Eric Ebron, who had been invisible up to that point, would get his first touchdown, and so he did. Congratulations, Cody Latimer. 
of Indiana University. You're going to get your first touchdown, and you're going to celebrate it by getting another one. Two touchdowns for him. I'll take the Chargers narrowly at home of the Jets. Jets have to show up for this one of their season's over, so they will, but they won't uh, win the game. I'll take the Niners, again, narrowly over the Chiefs. Patriots by a whisker, just going on gut there, and the Seahawks over the skins and that is that and eh that's that for your time here in yep. studio 66. i do have to tell you though yeah. bud i know you love the uni talk yes. if we we're just talking uni the jets at the chargers especially if the chargers wear their powder blues that's a classic afl it uni is. matchup jets white against the come on too much white my car one of my I big rules is don't wear blue? white hats and white pants on both teams no matter how good the mm. jersey to is too much white for me Dave, before Elliot goes, I bought one oh, packet yes. of, of crisps or chips, as you insist, specifically for him. These are apparently, and I guess this will bring Elliot's boyhood memories back um, from living in Texas. These are supposed to be raccoon flavor. Uh, I imagine, raccoon I flavor? Let's try. I want to just, what yeah, kind of flavor is raccoon? Who no, would true. want a raccoon? When I was when I was driving an 89 Mitsubishi Mighty Max, I used, right. to, used to hunt raccoon. Hey, you yeah. see that? Look at that. It looks like fresh meat. Just got run over over there on that uh, on Route uh, Route 14 that on the way out to uh, way out to Irving. You know, you know the back road on Route 14. Oh there? yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, I, I picked me up some fresh hard taste. I picked up. <laughs> it's like a burnt potato chip. I, really all I ate me one of them uh, run over armadillos. Turns out that skin don't uh, <laughs> don't hold up against a tire. <laughs> tire. Against my big old uh, F-150. Couldn't uh, stood no chance against that taste. Tastes delicious. Dropped it and made a stew. Made a possum stew out of it. But the Chevy S10 is an official truck. So what do you think? What do you rate the raccoon uh, flavor, Elliot? Uh, it's, it tastes like a burnt potato chip, but I'm really hungry. Hand yeah. it over here. Yeah. I want to, I just out of curiosity. What kind of thing is that? Why would they make a raccoon oh. flavor? What kind of joke is that to it play on people? It does taste a bit like roadkill. I, I am a vegetarian. Is oh, there a real my God. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I really, this sounds like a, a lame joke. These these smell like when you open the bag, it smells exactly like my seven week old child's diaper. Yeah, it really that's does. A, that's gross. That's, that's not very good. Oh, I did bring two other packets if but someone they, wants to try them. But their flavor is they just taste like a potato chip. Hey, yeah. when are we doing the baby leaning pick segment? That's all I want to know. Oh, that's coming up. All right, it's coming go. soon. That's coming up. All right, what else do, do we have? So handsome? I got this one. These are we're some getting of my to favorites. the. We're getting to the. Uh, mind we can we can here. eat and talk about stats That's true. in a yeah. second. Oh, and you know what? We we've gotten some good tweets on the subject here. We're trying to name Drew's stats segment. Okay, Statalicious. I don't know what we should call, it, but we've gotten some good tweets. Statomatic. Interesting. Maybe I was thinking about something like stats versus gut. Like you know, like my gut. That's what I go off of. I recklessly speculate. I don't need the numbers. For uh, for to make my predictions about things, I just go with them, mm-hmm. and they're almost always right. But sometimes the numbers don't lie either. That's a, I think that's a, you know what they should make a TV show about that. Make, and, maybe call it numbers never lie. Yeah, that's a great, mm-hmm. idea. great idea. Anyway, so drop us a line with the hashtag DDFP and let us know what we should call Drew's segment here. Calling it mind blowing stats feels uninspired. So let let's continue with the chips before okay, you get. Okay, so into I've the got segment. these ones. These are called uh, discos. They're salt and vinegar flavor, classic flavor. But what they do is put so much salt and vinegar, it's a little bit like licking a battery. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy that day. It's like so. This is like the equivalent of instead of a Coca Cola, this is like a Jolt Cola. It's yes. like super. Yep. And then, Drew, I got these for you. These are uh, Worcestershire sauce, or Worcestershire sauce. You guys say it different. How, how, um, do we, how do we say it? 
Worcestershire. Got it. That is the Wor- worst Worcestershire. word. Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce is the worst. Where did they come up with that? That's a joke on America. I like those. They're good. Hey. Handsome. The disco salt and vinegar. I've made no secret about my love when it comes to chips of the salt and vinegar flavor. This is just right for me. Is it? That's, that, that, you can't go too extreme on right. salt and vinegar with Hank me. brings up a great point, though. He says it tastes like battery. What is the, what is the thing you, as a kid, used to eat or taste that obviously you should have re- I can recall one afternoon getting one of those Ooh. batteries which has, like, the two things on top and just licking it occasionally <laughs> just, just, just because I wanted to. Yeah, it does do that. And then about 10 minutes later, you're like, did it really do that? And then you do it again. <laughs> I used to bite off a little bit of chalk. And just, just bite that. That's a funny thing, Black yeah. Tie. I used to always – I, I hated school. The only thing I ever liked about school was the, the smell of chalk. I don't know mm. why. I always thought that it smelled delicious, and I always wanted to taste it. But I knew better to yeah. actually do it because I knew it would be unsatisfying. <laughs> 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 but I hear you at least on that it smells good. And then these are French fried well, flavors with Worcestershire. Yeah, that's just the, the you know they're shaped like a. You got to hand it to the the texture of these. Mm. They mix it up. Mm-hmm. Well, these these Worcestershire sauce French fry shaped ones, and they are shaped like little shoestring fries, are delicious. But I still give it to the salt mm-hmm. and vinegar. So those are the winners. But boy, really good. That was a, that was a bounty. That was a nice trio there. I mean, the raccoon ones. Oh, I go back to. They must be a joke. Let's see yeah. if we can find any suckers who will buy just plain chips. You know what? There, there are actually no raccoons in um, in England, so it's unlikely they're made from raccoons. You, I, I don't know that, if I can believe it. That now. rodent does not exist in England. That's a true. You story. also said pretzels don't exist, and people have hit us up yeah, from the UK to tell us raccoons are actually indigenous to the United States. I know we have a lot that we have to get to the stats here, and we will in just a second. Handsome, how do you feel about the UK? About the Scotland thing? Because from the outside looking in, I saw Braveheart and this whole movie with William Wallace. He must be so angry. William Wallace must mm. be like, wait, what What gives? Mel Gibson's rolling Everything over in his I grave do, All right this now. and this is what you do back? This is how you return the favor? Scottish? I mean, do you really want me to go into this? Is it good or bad? Is what good or bad? That they stayed. That Scotland For stayed. For whom? For Scotland For everyone. Yeah, for the I think UK. it's a good thing. Stronger together, you know. Everyone, you're you're stronger if you're united. I would have left just because of Braveheart, right? Don't they let down but Mel luckily, Gibson? Luckily, the people <laughs> there aren't making decisions based entirely on a Mel Gibson won the Oscar for that movie. How they yeah, well, now they invalidate it? Okay, well I'll tell you what. Why don't we get our Scottish listeners to to tweet in and That's tell and they you know they can they're probably more educated on it than either of us. All right. Speaking of more educated than I am, at least, Drew Christensen has some numbers that we will not believe here and now. Lay them on us. Yeah, well, speaking of our listeners, we got a Twitter question. Oh. I think I have a fan. Not just my mom, but a fan. Yeah. Uh, hey, a fan's a fan. I always say it. Mo Damashek listens every day. I don't care. So shout out to uh, Kyle Traeger, who, who asked, how many times has a team scored three non-offensive TDs like the Eagles did mm-hmm. and lost the game? And... I was able to get this back to 1940. They're just the second team to do that. Um, it also happened back in 1997. The Bills played the Cowboys. They lost 25-24 with three non-offensive TDs. Wow, that is a remarkable thing. That you, you really toiled to come up with Kyle Traeger's uh, question. So yeah, it's, it's a six, great question 60, as well. 67-2-1 is uh, 
what we got going. 67 2 and 1 if you score three non offensive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Well, you all could right. tie a game as well. That's interesting. That, yep, that happened back in 67. The Oilers and the Jets tied 28 28. That one I knew. We all remember. We all, how could you forget yeah. that classic? Yep. Uh, and Damashek, you asked me a question last week about the Bears uh, and whether or not they held that they oh, yeah, right. a certain amount of games without holding. 1995, <clears throat> right? So, yeah, the 1995 season, they went the whole year with only one offensive holding called on their whole, on their group there. They had a 45-game stretch uh, between 1993 and 1996 where they had three separate stretches of at least 10 games without a hold. Is that the crazy? I, I remembered that for years now because it's stunning to me. The entire offensive line got no holding penalties. All, okay, they got one. And that's amazing, isn't Wait, it? Te- I was eating chips. What team were we talking about? The Chicago Bears of the mid-90s. Wow. In 95, they went the whole year without with one, a holding penalty. With one. With, with one. one, I mean. I yeah. heard that part. They had a 14-game stretch from 94 to 95. They had another 12-game stretch in 96. And they had a 10-game stretch that overlapped 93 and 94. Boy, that's Incredible. remarkable, man. That really is something. That's I mean, but, Who was but that then coach? again... It was uh, – that was Wani. offensive line coach. Oh, yeah. Well, it was oh. Coach Wani at the time. It might have been Tony Wise. Maybe. We can give him a Twitter shout-out later. Yep. I was at uh, one of those 95 games where the Bears dominated the Steelers, but the Steelers with uh, with their quarterback, Neil O'Donnell, came back, forced an overtime. In that overtime, Curtis Conway got hit on the shoulder with the ball that should have won the game, but it deflected off. The Steelers picked it off. They went down the field, kicked the game-winning field goal – they soared from there on and went to the Super Bowl, and the Bears fell apart from there. I, I hope I'm playing Curtis Conway in fantasy this week. I hope he um, mention that. A, mention that to him. Name I will do. Throw him off his. Game. I brought that up to him. I he, listen. I don't shy telling them what is. All right, one All right, more. We, uh, <clears throat> you probably know this is a Steelers guy. That the blown loss last week was just the first time in LeBeau's 13 years. That they blew a, uh, they lost a home game in which they were ahead by seven points. They had been sixty-five and zero. They have a remarkable record when in the lead in the fourth quarter. Obviously, they've generally had good defenses under LeBeau, so it kind of makes sense. But under Cowher too, they had a remarkable run. Um, I'm not sure of the exact numbers, but if they ever got up eleven points, they would not lose except to Michael Vick. Remember the game when Plexico Burris caught the ball on a hail mary on the last play of overtime and got tackled at the goal line as he caught the ball, Mm. and it was a tie game. Falcons with Mike Vick and the Steelers. That was the only time they ever blew it under Cowher. So, yeah, they put together a lot of those, but those days are long in the rearview mirror, it feels now, when you watch Mike Lennon to Lewis Murphy and Vincent Jackson disrupt what should have been a Steeler victory. Great way to cheer me up on the way out the door. I want to go watch football now, Christensen. Okay. Thank you for coming in. Terrific stuff and handsome. Terrific, terrific stuff with the chips. You know what? We're now into uh, October, handsome. And you know what follows October? November. And you know what happens in November? The great pie-off. The pie-off is a month away, handsome Hank. We do it in front of Thanksgiving. We eat pie. Everybody who's a part of the DDFP is required to bring in a pie of some sort. Now, handsome... Yep. Baked by your own hand, oh. potentially. It's better if you do it yourself. Two years ago, Handsome won the original, the uh, the inaugural pie-off with uh, a handmade, what was it again? There's a treacle tart. Treacle tart, right. Was it, was it did your wife help? 
Nope, that's no, all no, me. no. It was all me. Handsome makes delicious shortbread and everything else. Oh, he's quite uh, he's quite with the with the sweets. He's uh, he's got a deft touch. Then last year, Dan Hanzus, who's been mentioned now for the third time on this show, instructed his wife and his mother <laughs> to cook up no mother-in-law, mother-in-law to cook up a bourbon pecan pie that stole the show. Black tie barely can be bothered to bring anything in. I always do. I just always bring him so- something. That you cup. forgot about something that you stopped at the exotic. gas station on the way Edelman's in and grabbed. 7-Eleven. Yeah. yeah. Junk. But anyway, this means, Drew, I have a as a part of the team, you know, let uh, Stop I pie. figure something out. I'll run, I'll run the numbers on A number tot. Yeah. Figure something out. That's all I can tell a you. Pie, a pie. A pie chart pie. Pie pie. pie. See what we did there. Pie pie. Yeah. Well, but I mean, but like that, you stats guys like pie charts. So yep. you could do like a pie, pie chart, chart of a pie. Mm. I don't know how that would work. All right, listen. Enjoy the games, everybody. I hope uh, your team wins. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of week five to break it all down for you. In the meantime, thanks. So, oh, and before I say goodbye, don't forget DDFP TV, NFL.com. We'll, uh, we'll put a little piece of video up from this. So you can not people only hear always, us, but ask. see what we look like while we're saying those words. Yeah, people always ask, like, hey, when is the full video, full podcast going to be up? It's yeah. not that yet, but what we do have is this video segment. So for today's show, the MVP conversation, that's going to be a video that segment. That one. You've I already decided. I was making decided. dumb faces in that. Oh, well. Right. I want the one. No, I don't want that. Make the one when we eat chips. Mm. Mm. The fans would love that, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't, if, know if, I don't know if NFL.com could have that on their homepage. All right, so uh, so that's that. Again, talk to you next week. Meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.